Today's podcast is presented by Podgo. Podgo is the easiest way for you to monetize your podcast, providing podcasters with a flat rate for ad space, so you always know how much you get when you include an ad from Podgo. Apply today to become a member and immediately be connected with advertisers that fit your audience. That's podgo.co at P-O-D-G-O dot C-O. Be sure to add Love You Mean It in the How Did You Hear About Podgo section of the application. Hi everybody, it's Erin and Meg and welcome back to this week's episode of the Love You Mean It podcast. This week, it's just us, ourselves, and we. Are you guys excited? Yeah, we're not doing an interview. We kind of missed it just being us, so we're going to talk about something that we've wanted to talk about for a while and we think honestly needs to be talked about. We're talking about periods and birth control and like literally everything that women have to deal with that is kind of taboo. But we're talking about it. Yeah, if you listened to a few episodes ago, we were talking about what we were like loving and hating this week and Meg said the patriarchy and it all pretty much led to this episode. And a few episodes ago, I think even before that, Meg had briefly mentioned her birth control and I got a few texts from people saying that they liked the conversation Mm -hmm. and so I'm excited to bring it back for this episode. Yeah, so before we get into all that good stuff, we're going to do a little bit of housekeeping. I'm going to be putting up new merch designs pretty soon. Mm -hmm. And we also have a really exciting new release, so keep your eyes peeled for that. You can find the link for our merch in the bio of our Instagram. And there's also a lot of other helpful links, like... We also have a link to support the podcast. If you guys wanted to, we by no means expect everybody to, but we really support everybody that supports the podcast. You can donate as little as 99 cents per month, and it's really exciting. And we talked about in the past, too, that we've wanted to do a Patreon, so maybe one day in the future it'll be coming. But for now, you can support the podcast through that link. And yeah, I think that's pretty much it, right? Yeah. But without further ado, we're going to get into our favorite segment. If you guys are new here, this is the Love You Mean It podcast, of course. And so every single week, we have a segment where we talk about what we're loving, but also what we're hating. And so this week, we are collabing on what we're hating and loving. So Meg will introduce what we're hating this week. So if you're on planet Earth, you've heard about the election. We should probably preface that we're recording this on Friday, November 6th at 3.04 p.m. So at this point, there has not been... A president announced yeah so so far it's looking like it's biden hopefully dear god please let it be biden but i feel like this isn't the end of it like i feel like he'll like biden will win and then trump is just gonna be like making us think about it in the media for the next like two months Mm -hmm. and he also like is still the president until january 21st which literally blows but and like it is what it is yeah but yeah if you went out and voted or you sent in the mail-in ballot we just want to say thank you because it's really important to practice democracy and use your voice yeah out of all of our listeners 50 percent of our listeners make up connecticut listeners and california which is pretty interesting and so two democratic states we love y'all and shout out to all our friends in georgia peeped you who um turned her blue yeah i saw that that's yeah. literally that's insane i don't know i just think it's really cool and like if georgia can be turned blue i think any state can they were actually predicting like texas and florida that like they could possibly turn blue which is crazy because wow. those are two very conservative states mm-hmm. so i don't know maybe we'll see the next election very cool But yeah, that's what we're hating this week. Basically, just how long it's taking for them to count the votes. Right now, I think I'm specifically hating Nevada 
Because they're only like 85% counted. And I'm like, what have you guys been doing? And like we said, it's Friday. Like they started counting the votes on Tuesday. I understand that in Nevada, they waited until they got them all in and then started counting. And then they're just going to announce it and drop it on us. But I'm just so nervous. I just don't understand how every other state got it counted so quickly. And like, even though we all have different procedures, like I feel like I don't know. I just feel like other states got it done way faster. And I don't know why, like, Nevada and, like, Pennsylvania are taking so long. Yeah, like, Georgia's been on 99% reporting. Like, I'm so thankful that they turned blue. But they've been 1% away from, like, being done reporting for, like, a day now. (laughs) It's been, like, 24 hours. I'm like, um... Yeah, I think North Carolina is pretty much a lost cause. But I'm really thankful. I guess that's what I'm loving this week. I'm loving Georgia and pennsylvania yeah. we're seeing the light yeah. but i guess what we're also loving this week is just like that joe biden is currently winning if you haven't listened to this podcast it's very clear who we voted for and it's it's biden women for biden yeah and i'm just really excited that we could potentially have our first female vice president and i know i'm gonna ugly cry like when it happens oh, i know I've already teared up at like some literal TikToks like <laughs> compilations of Kamala Harris. So I'm like, <laughs> like, like I teared up at the TikTok we just watched talking about like how this is our first like female vice president. And I just like haven't even let myself get excited about that because I've just been so nervous about the election. But now thinking about it, like it's just so cool. I would just like to, I know she's never going to hear this, but I would just like to thank Hillary Clinton. She walked so Kamala Harris could run. Mm -hmm. And I can't wait to see what the future holds. I really hope like AOC runs in the future. Oh my God, I would die. Just like more women. And I'm also really excited that so many diverse members of Congress were just elected. The first transgender. Yep. And then we have the first two openly gay black men. And I'm just so excited that like, our government is becoming more reflective of the people that live here and i want to keep seeing those trends so if you are at all interested in like running for office one day like just do it like anyone can yeah um as long as you're like obviously like qualified and i think if you have the right reasons and like you're going in with good intentions like you can change the world mic drop so just keep just keep going guys i just think it was so inspiring that like after the shithole that was 2020 to have like this like kind of brighter side to the end of the year makes me feel a little bit better and the voter turnout yeah can we talk about that i mean obviously we kind of all expected but it was the most people that have voted for president in ever a century history ever no like literally in history it's he biden has had more votes than any president in history that must feel so good more than obama Obama didn't even turn Georgia. His, his wife he, his like, wife better be riding that dick tonight. Like. <laughs> oh, Jill's getting her cheeks clapped. <laughs> to the sound of if Trump she, crying. I mean, she probably couldn't have a baby now, but if she could, she would be pregnant. Like, she would be having a baby in nine months. Yeah. So. I also wanted to shout out quickly. I didn't write this on our list of, like, what we're loving, but I wanted to shout out Stacey Abrams. Yeah. Oh I just, God. I mean, like... If you guys didn't know, I'm just, I just found this post that I thought I could, like, I'm not going to read the whole thing, but she's a lawyer in Georgia who launched the Fair Fight Action in 2019, which is a grassroots organization to expose voter suppression and advocate for free and fair elections. And it's reported that she got over 800,000 new voters in Georgia. 49% were people of color and 40%, I believe, were under the age of 30. 
which is crazy. I just think that's so great because I've actually heard about like voter suppression being a huge issue in Georgia. And I'm just so glad that someone like Stacey like just went out of her way to make sure that people are able to use their voice and like not they're not being intimidated or like hurt by people just mm-hmm. by trying to go vote yeah it's been so cool seeing everybody share pictures of her and be like this is an american hero like i hope that biden like mentions her in his like inauguration speech like, give her a goddamn position like a medal of give, honor give her like, give her a cabinet position or something it's just great like she literally did that out of the goodness of her heart like yeah insane. we love to see it we love there to see is it. good in the world but without further ado i think we'll just get into the episode yeah, so like we said, we're going to talk about periods. So we're kind of going to cover a lot of ground in this episode, but we're going to take it way back. We're going to start simple and just talk about when the first time we got our periods was. Do you want to go first? Okay, so I was nine years old. I was in fourth grade. <laughs> I kind of knew what a period was because I remember my older sister, who's three years older than me, she got her period one day after we got home from school and so if I was nine, then I would have been like, I don't know, like maybe like six, six at the time. Yeah. So, so I think she, maybe like seven, because I think she got hers when she was 10. Um, but it was interesting. Like I still didn't really have a concept of it. And then I remember one day I came home from school and I was just like sitting on the toilet. <laughs> sitting on the toilet. <laughs> that vine. Um, I was sitting on the toilet and I looked at my underwear and I had drops of blood. And I was like that's new. (laughs) So, um, I didn't get up from the toilet, the toilet. I didn't get up from the toilet. I just did that thing where you just scream mom Mm -hmm. as loud as possible. And she just like comes running. So that's what I did. I just screamed mom until she came in the bathroom and I was like, there's blood in my underwear. And then she started crying and she proceeded to call all of my aunts. So, I mean, like that was interesting. And, like, I lived with my grandma at the time. So, she was, like, my grandma was so lit. And I was, like, guys, what? What? And my mom was, like, you're a woman. And I was, like, guys, I'm bleeding. <laughs> like, what? It's just so funny that they're, like, you're a woman and you're 10. Yeah, <laughs> and you're, like, what the fuck are you talking about? Yeah. And so, I was just, like, kind of, like, okay, whatever. So, I used pads for a while. And then I eventually graduated to tampons because fuck pads. Um, I just had issues with pads. I, they, I didn't think they were comfortable personally, so I don't like them, so I don't use them. Now I don't get my period anymore, but we'll get into that later. Yeah. No, I'm not pregnant. But <laughs> oh my god, I would die. Um, but yeah, so that's pretty much my story. So what's yours? Mine was honestly like almost exactly the same, mm. which is so funny. So in my school... I mean, we both grew up in Connecticut, but in my school, the end of fifth grade, they, like, in health class, all mm-hmm. the boys leave and all the girls have to talk about, oh like, God. pads and tampons and periods. And so this was, like, it was, like, towards the end of fifth grade, we had that talk. So this was, like, winter break of fifth grade. Mm-hmm. And I, I, like, I've since moved, but I remember in my old house, like, the bathroom door was right next to the basement. And so I was, like, I went to the bathroom and I had, like, blood in my underwear and I was, like oh no and i like i literally wrapped my underwear in toilet paper everyone does that and oh my I, God. I ran downstairs and i was like mom i'm dying like i said i'm dying yeah no i'm pretty sure i said and the same she thing. was like sweetie like no it's not like here you go like i'm gonna and i i 
I also put on a pad and I was like oh my god I just remember being so freaked out and then like three months later we had like the talk in health class and I was like whipping my hair back and forth because I was like I'm so experienced you snapping your neck yeah but I already know I've been new I was like I already been knew what this was yeah no I remember like there were literally girls in my I had the same thing it was fifth grade Mm -hmm. and at that point I had been I had my period for like a year Mm -hmm. and so I remember sitting there and all the girls were like, what's a period? And I was like, bitch. Oh, sweetie. I was like, oh, girl. Honey, you got a big storm coming. But talking about like the whole health class thing where the boys leave, I feel like they should stay. Yeah, I think so too. I feel like we should just talk about it more. And I guess we could segue into our next topic which is normalizing talking about periods and other bodily functions but i feel like not even well we're gonna talk about that right now but like not even just with women like i don't have any brothers i have like Mm -hmm. a dad obviously and so well not obviously but i also have a dad and i just didn't have much experience with guys Mm -hmm. in general and so like i don't i when i was in fifth grade i didn't know anything about like their anatomy or anything yeah obviously like i had a, i had a clue yeah but like i wasn't really that like i didn't really know that much yeah and so, i don't know i feel like it could have done us both good to be in the same class yeah i think we should just all be aware of each other's anatomy i feel like when you just introduce it at a younger age like that it's like less of an issue mm-hmm. i don't know i just feel like when you're educated about things like you're less likely to commit like you know sexual assault or you know anything like that because like you you almost have this like sort of appreciation because you've known about it like your whole life yeah and like it's not like it's not something new to you it's just like something that you just know yeah but like meg said we're going to talk about normalizing talking about periods because i don't even think like i i mean now i'm at the age i'm 22 like i'm at the age where like I'm completely comfortable talking about my period. I'm like, oh, I have period cramps, all this stuff. But even when I was in, like, middle school, high school, I never really talked about it that much, even with my friends. I mean, like, so I had two sisters, and, like, my mom was always very open about everything. So, like, I I was very lucky in that sense. Like, I I come from, like, a sex-positive household and stuff like that. Um, And then even my dad, like, he would go get me tampons at the grocery store he would like warm up a heating pad for me when I had cramps. Like mm-hmm. I always felt like I could talk about it with him. Mm-hmm. But then I realized that like not everyone has the same relationship and especially men, like not every man is like my dad. Oh, 100%. Where like he would, he's like not embarrassed to talk about it or anything. And I think that's like a societal issue because every single woman gets her period. Yeah. And just everyone has to deal with it and like men indirectly have to deal with it whether their mom has it their sisters have it their girlfriend has it their wife you know like whoever it'll be and there's nothing wrong with that there's nothing wrong with having your period but something that really bothers I think every woman is when someone says like oh oh like oh why are you being so rude are you on your period or something like Mm -hmm. that's not cool yeah like Mm but she might be but like you don't have to like bring it up yeah, I don't know. It's, like, I definitely came from... I feel like I came from the middle of that. Like, yeah. it definitely wasn't, like... I wasn't embarrassed to be my period. Or, like, I still talked to, like, my sister about it. But, like, I never really talked to, like, my parents about it. Mm-hmm. Or anything. I would never talk to my dad about it. Yeah. And so, it's, like, it's just interesting to see, like, how different things come. Because it's, like, you just feel, like, ashamed almost. Even though you, like, didn't do anything wrong, you know? Yeah, you, you feel, like, disgusting. Yeah, yeah. Like, we were kind of talking, too, about, like, breastfeeding and stuff. 
mm-hmm. and how like i don't know it's just like women's bodies are like there to serve a function but then like literally like having your period is part of that function like yeah your body was made to do this like obviously you feel disgusting and gross but it's like it's there's girls that have like eating disorders or are underweight that don't even have their period then are like struggling to mm-hmm. get it back so it's like as much as it sucks i try to remind myself that like i'm lucky to still get my period and especially like some girls have like endometriosis and stuff yeah. like i don't know I remember my dad saying, like, um, when we were younger, that, like, a woman's body is the closest thing to God on earth. And I always thought that was so cool. Are you joking? Yeah, no. My dad is literally the most perfect human being. I mean, he has three daughters, and, like, he had an older sister growing up and stuff. So, like, I don't know. It just... He's just, like, a very... He's a Pisces, so he's just, like, he understands, like, everything. But I always thought that was really cool, and that's, like, kind of how I try to think of women's bodies. Mm -hmm. But I wish more people had that mentality because I feel like... People always want to see women's bodies and we over-sexualize them so much. But then like when women feel empowered and want to show them off, they're shamed for doing that. No, 100%. I feel like shame culture, literally, it's like when Meg always and I always talk about the shame wizard from, oh my God. from Big Mouth. <laughs> like it's like women's bodies are here to serve a function, but then like you feel embarrassed to show them off. But like I remember like kind of bringing it back to like breastfeeding and stuff like i remember watching sex in the city when miranda has her son Mm -hmm. and she's breastfeeding and they literally show like her two huge boobs just like out there and i was like oh my god but i was like why am i why am i like acting not acting weird about it but like why am i so shocked that they're showing it because it's like part of who she is it's okay in our society if you're opening playboy magazine and you see a, a centerfold and you see her big tits but if you're seeing a woman in public feeding her child it's wrong i just don't understand that when like i understand like wearing like a towel or something to just like put over your oh, baby i, I want to do that but i'm like I I, but my I'm, kids well eating. i understand if like the mom wants to do that for privacy yeah. even if they're like at the park or something but it's like i just don't understand why people make such a big deal out of it like it's a human function and then we also were kind of talking about too how like there's like mom shaming as well Mm -hmm. and they're like oh breast is best but it's like not every mom can breastfeed not every mom wants to breastfeed it's more just like fed is best also it's nobody's business but your own period yeah like i mean there's studies that show that like breastfeeding is ideal for a child but if you can't or don't want to that's fine it's your baby Mm -hmm. as long as your child is getting enough nutrients that's all that matters yeah as long as your kid's at a healthy weight again all that matters Mm -hmm. But I think, like, the overall point we're trying to make is that, like, you have to be okay with women's bodies, period. So if you want to see the sexual side of women's bodies, you have to be okay with seeing the biological side of it, too. If you can't handle me at my worst, you don't deserve me at my best. Exactly. Like, it's, like, obviously, like, breastfeeding your child isn't your worst, but it's, like, obviously it's not always the most glamorous aspect, whereas, like, he's literally motorboating you. Yeah. But I'm, like, you literally need to accept both. But I loved what Meg said about, like, the what are you on your period. Because, like, that is so offensive. That's something that I feel like every girl has had said to them at some point in their life. It's literally, like, toxic masculinity, too. Like, you try to act like guys have never been, like, upset or had emotions, too. Yeah. Exactly. It's just the whole thing's fucked up. And, like, to make fun of a biological function that every single woman has. Yeah. It's just messed up. It's just ridiculous. And like, honestly, like Meg said, like, bitch, I might be. Like, she actually might be on her period. And this shit is more painful than you might think. And if she is, that's none of your fucking business. Yeah. And something like we also need to normalize is like, 
having sex on your period, mm-hmm. it's okay to do that. Yeah. Throw a towel down. Yeah. If a guy says, if a guy just whips out a towel, his dick is huge. Like, mm-hmm. get ready. <laughs> like, <laughs> Fuck. even if it's not, it's like spiritually big. Yeah, so that's because, all that matters. Just like, because he's respectful. Yeah. Well, because like, it's literally nobody's business but your own. If you want to have sex on your period, go for it. If you don't, that also go for it. Yeah, it's just, it's ridiculous that, like, guys are grossed out by it. It's 2020, like, we all know that women shit, and we all know that women have periods, mm-hmm. so let's move past that. Thank yeah. you. I just think something that people don't realize, too, that they really need, I hope that they recognize with this podcast, is that, like, EMDD is a thing. Mm-hmm. If you guys didn't know, it's premenstrual dysphoric disorder. It's in the DSM-5. Yeah, so like, it's, that's, it's, it's serious. That's, that's, like, the diagnostic manual that psychologists use to diagnose people, and it is in there. So if you didn't know really what it is, it's basically just, like, before you get your period, you have... Ex- everyone has hormone surges, mm-hmm. but you have literally dysphoric disorder. Like, it's extreme hormone surges. It makes people suicidal. Mm-hmm. It makes people like depressed. It just really affects your mental health, and it can be dangerous, especially the fact that it comes around once for, a month for a full week for a month. Mm-hmm. It's terrifying. Yeah, and it's something that you can't avoid. And I think, like to a degree, every woman experiences PMS, but mm-hmm. like this is something completely different. And like you shouldn't joke about having it or anything like that yeah. because this is like a real problem and something that people actually have to struggle with Mm -hmm. and i think like as a society we just need to be more respectful of women when they're on their periods because like i fucking wish dudes could get it oh my god because if men got their periods it would literally we would be on like world war eight by now yeah like Like, literally with your period you break out you gain weight you're bloated like your your boobs swell swell, you're in a horrible mood you have cramps cramps. when the normally like when my period actually comes like i'm cramping but i'm like i'm fine but i don't really necessarily maybe i have like a version of pmdd mm-hmm. or something because it's like every time my period comes i'm like all right this is this is it time to end it all yeah like i've never been more sad and i'm like i it's just the worst when you know it's for no mm-hmm. reason i mean last week i was kind of like that even though i had no reason to be upset and it wasn't even my period so but it's just the worst when it's like you feel it's literally like that part in Mean Girls where she's like, I can feel myself being more annoying. It's like, I can feel myself being crazy. Yeah, and it can even hurt sometimes, like during ovulation, mm-hmm. sometimes you can get cramps too. Yeah. So it's just basically three <laughs> three weeks out of the month, you're out of commission. Okay, seriously, <laughs> I talk about this with my friends all the time because it's like one week you're preparing for your period to come. And then, I mean, my period normally, how long did you, well, you're not on yours anymore. When I had my period... I would get mine for, like, probably four days, yeah. and it was, like, really bad. Yeah. And then, like, on the fifth day, I would be like, oh, cool. Like, I think I'm done. I'm not going to wear a tampon. And then on the sixth day, it was just, like, sludge. Yeah. Like, it was literally, like, a fucking mudslide. Yeah, mine is, like, normally, like, three days really bad. Mm-hmm. And then, like, the fourth day, it's, like, pretty much nothing's there. Sometimes mm-hmm. it'll be five days where I'm, like, okay, I need, like, a panty liner or something. Yeah. But it's, like, nothing really, like, that bad. But I don't know. It's just, like, just have some respect because, like, you literally are spending one week preparing for your period and being depressed. One week on your period feeling fat, ugly, and, like, shit. And then another week, like just like recovering from it yeah and then you have one week where you're happy maybe and and i don't even have like endometriosis or anything no. so i can even imagine people that 
go through all of that, you know? Yeah, no, periods are just really rough. Like, when I would get my period, I would throw up. I would have, like, severe cramps. Sometimes, like, I remember being in, like, middle school and high school and, like, my period cramps would be so bad that I wouldn't go to school. Like, I would just stay home sick Mm -hmm. because, like, I physically couldn't get out of bed. And I think that's something that a lot of girls deal with and it it can be really debilitating. And, like, you just... On top of feeling physically like shit, you feel emotionally like shit. And I just don't think people accept it or they just don't, re- they're not really like as understanding. I'm talking about men here. Yeah. Because like if you've ever been in a bathroom and you're like, oh shit, I need a tampon, there's always that bitch that's like, do you need super or regular? Someone <laughs> that always has your back and is and like, then hey, the, girl. the fact that you have to pay for fucking tampons. I don't think that's fair. That's bullshit. I don't that think should that's be fair. Every, I'm sorry. That's fucking bullshit. Um, that should be illegal. We should also get rid of, like, I don't know if you guys heard about this, but like in the Obama administration, he got rid of the tampon tax because tampons and pads and like other sanitary goods were deemed as a luxury under our tax codes. They were luxury items. So they had a separate tax in addition to state tax on those items so he got rid of that thank god like i just don't understand the luxury healthcare is a right it's 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 not not a privilege privilege. it's a right yeah like i just don't understand like when people i just i don't know it's like i always used to think when i was younger i was like if i ever got kidnapped or something or like if i was homeless i'm like what do you do with your period do you just have it Mm -hmm. there's no stopping it like girls in Africa that have to miss school because they have their period. Yeah. Because they don't have their sanitary supplies. That's so far. Yeah. And but then they fall behind because they have a biological process that, that every woman happens. on the planet on planet Earth has. So. Got it. So now we're gonna transition a little bit and talk about puberty. So when it comes to puberty, I was definitely, I wouldn't even say I'm a late bloomer because I still don't even think I've really bloomed. I have like really tiny boobs. Oh, shut up. Whatever. But like. I would like give my right arm to have small boobs. I think maybe I was like 13 Mm -hmm. or 12 when I started because it's like obviously always after your period um mm. well not not always okay sorry but like for me it was more like after my period that mm-hmm. i started like really like developing i guess i have a funny story if our friend ariel is listening to this we were like in elementary school maybe late elementary school yeah it had to be late elementary school or something i don't really remember but our moms were like oh we're gonna go to olive garden and i was like yo turn up like okay and we all got we get in the car meet ariel and our moms and they brought us to go bra shopping together Wow. But Did we you still, still I mean, go to Olive Garden? We still went to Olive yeah. Garden, but okay. I was like, I don't know. At the time, I was so humiliated. I feel like I first realized when I was like really an adult and like ready to take on the world was like when I went to Victoria's Secret and they mm-hmm. measured me and I didn't feel uncomfortable. Yeah. Like, I think that's when I really realized that I was like, damn, I'm a, I'm a woman. <laughs> Man, I feel <laughs> like a woman. <laughs> so I started wearing bras in third grade. I had a Yikes. huge rack. I was the tallest girl in my grade rack city, bitch. up rack, until rack probably city, like seventh grade. Mm-hmm. I was like mad tall. Yeah. So I'm really not that tall. I'm like five seven. 
but I have been 5'7 pretty much my whole life. Wait, I didn't talk about that either. I was the tallest girl too. Yeah. I'm 5'5 five five and I hit like pretty much this height when I was in like third or fourth grade. Yeah, no, it's wild how fast girls shoot up. So I just looked like, I looked like I got held back like four times because I was 5'7. I had a huge rack and like literally every other girl was like really short and like flat. And mm-hmm. I was just like, well, hey, here, here I am. So I started wearing a bra in third grade. I don't necessarily think that like, I think my sister was like literally just like, you need to wear a bra. And yeah. she just like gave me one of hers. And mm-hmm. then like, I went shopping with my mom, like formally. Yeah. But like, she was like, yeah, bitch, like you need to wear a bra. <laughs> I was like, okay, word. Meg, I started wearing training bras in second grade. No. Um, And then Shannon's like, yeah, that's not cutting it. Like here, take a real one. Meg coming out of the out of the womb with a bra <laughs> yeah no literally i would like so I, i've just been like this forever yeah basically um so i guess we can kind of talk about like the ramifications of that so i feel like just having like like right now i have huge boobs still but like i can't really <laughs> but like i've had them forever so I feel like I've always just kind of had people, like, look at my boobs. Mm -hmm. I remember that being a thing in, like, fifth, sixth, seventh grade. Like, that that was just, like, a normal occurrence for me. What about you? Like... So, like, I I remember, like, definitely getting, like, unwanted attention. Yeah. But, like, I also, like, I don't have, like, a big butt or, like, I Mm -hmm. don't have, like, a big boob. So, it was definitely probably less than yours. Mm -hmm. But I feel like everybody in their life at one point has, like, that one moment where you're, like, damn, like, people are looking at me differently, you know? Yeah. So, like, can you get into that a little bit more? Like... I had, like, I'm not going to be specific, but I had, like, an older man in my life. Like, one time, like, he would just give me, like, weird looks or, like, off-putting mm-hmm. looks. And even when I was younger, like, I didn't really know what it meant. And then, like, he'd make comments about, like, my body or, like, me being beautiful and mm-hmm. stuff like that. And I was, like, so young that I, like, didn't even know, like, what that meant. But, like... just even now like he's still a figure in my life and I still feel like uncomfortable so I have the same experience but with two uncles on either side of my family on my dad's side that one kisses on the lips and he also like gives neck massages and stuff oh um so that like that's a little weird um and then my other uncle just makes comments and he'll be like oh you're so beautiful like you could be a model like like just all this like creepy shit mm-hmm. like he's he has said it to like all three of us like me and my sisters yeah and it's just really uncomfortable and then like he's told my mom like separately like oh my god like your daughters are so gorgeous like yeah, like that's nice but like we're also smart mm-hmm. um we're also hardworking yeah and we're also kind. Yeah. So maybe you could mention that instead of just our looks. Yeah. Period. I know I hate that one. I love those posts, though, that are like, oh, these are compliments you can give somebody that's not mm-hmm. about their body. Because it's like, I, t- I tend to find myself, I'm like, oh, skinny. Like, I'm a joke. <laughs> but I'm like, I don't want people to actually think I'm like, yeah. oh, my God, you look so skinny, girl. Like, yeah. it's more just like. I can't even describe it. <laughs> I'm like, if you guys don't know. Wait, where is it even from? I don't is even it, know. I think it's. I don't know. But Meg and I jokingly are like, skinny. Like Meg had soup yesterday for lunch and I was like, oh, skinny. Like, <laughs> like, like it's like we're not trying to like promote anything bad yeah. or anything. So my first time 
that I realized that like men were looking at me. This is like a specific example that I remember. My old neighbors used to have this dope ass in-ground pool and they would have these huge ragers. And I'm over there in my bikini from Hollister. My titties are popping. I'm 13. It's the summertime. <laughs> Music's blasting. Setting the vibe. Um, and then they like were getting, I remember they were like, okay, the food's ready. So like I got out of the pool mm-hmm. to like get my towel to dry off. Yeah. And this guy that was there, like, I still don't know who he, who he was or anything, mm-hmm. but he was staring at me and like, I have never had anyone stare at me more blatantly than that man did. God. And like, I could feel his eyes like burning into me when I turned around too. And so like. My neighbor, like the wife, she went up to him and she was like, don't look at her like that. She's 13. Mm-hmm. And then like she came up to me and like separately and she was like, I don't know if you want to like put something on or like you can go home or something like if you feel uncomfortable. Mm-hmm. But like this guy was looking at you like a woman and not as the 13 year old girl that you are. And so I just was like, yeah, I'm, I'm out. I'm going to go home. So I took my shit. I made myself a plate of food you and left. I walked my ass home because I was like, that's fucking weird. No, like I'm glad that you left. But that just sucks that it had to like ruin your day. No, I mean, I was kind of psyched because yeah. like I literally got food and I was eating a plate like by myself in my house yeah. on the couch. Mm-hmm. So I was lit. I'm a tourist, so I love food and being home. Yeah. So I was not mad. Like, but it just sucks that guys think that they can just do that like unwanted. But just like looking back, I was like, wow. Like, I was 13. I was literally 13. That's just the worst, though, when it's, like, in the moment, like, obviously, it's, like, a little bit weird, but it's, like, when you're looking back and you're Mm -hmm. older and, like, the thought, like, makes you uncomfortable, Mm -hmm. you know? Something that, like, Aaron and I like to joke about is that, like, like, we just talked about I've always had huge boobs and then Aaron has, like, smaller boobs. Mm -hmm. And we just want to talk about, like, how both of those things are completely fine. Yeah, I mean, that's something that we really wanted to bring attention to in this episode because I feel like as a podcast in general, we were talking about before we started recording that the two of us are very different, Mm -hmm. Um, a brunette and a blonde. I'm not going to finish it because Meg hates when I say that, but like a brunette and a blonde, like Meg has bigger boobs. I don't have any, like Meg's like a little bit taller. I'm a little bit, I'm not shorter, but like, you know, I don't know, in like sexual ways and personal ways, like she's in a relationship, I'm not, like we're just very different, but we really just wanted to say that like boob size, when you start wearing a bra, like anything, like I have friends that got, like I have a friend who got her period end of junior year of high school, Mm -hmm. like people get their periods in so many different times, ways, anything, it doesn't make you like any less of a person or any less of a woman. Yeah. It's kind of like, it's just literally just a societal standard. It's kind of like with losing your virginity. Like, I don't feel like any less of a woman because I'm still a virgin. Yeah. It's literally just like a societal standard that's all in your head and like, you don't even need to listen to it. Yeah. And I think you just have to kind of adopt that mentality. Like, you don't give a fuck what anyone else thinks about you. Yeah. And like, even if you do, just tell yourself that you don't and you'll start to not care. Yeah. There's, like, pros and cons to having big boobs. There's also pros and cons to having small boobs. And, like... Oh, yeah. Just... You have to learn to just be happy with what you have and, like, embrace what you have. There are days where, like, I wish I could just take my boobs off and, like, put them on a hanger and put them in my closet. Yeah. And just not have to deal with it. But then there's also times where I put on an outfit and I'm like, damn, like, I look good. Like, mm-hmm. I'm filling this out. And then, like, 
Same on the other side. Like, you can wear literally whatever you want. Yeah. I'm a stomach sleeper. Mm -hmm. And I'm like, oh, this is so lit. I can't do that. I'm like, I can literally just bowl and, like, sleep like that. But then, like, there's other times where I'm, like, putting on a dress or putting on an outfit. And I'm like, I literally look like a man. It's like you put on like a, like a super tight dress and you're like, where is my figure, you know? So it's like, I don't know. We just really want to normalize that everything's different. Yeah. And just like we said, embrace what you have. Just try to accentuate what you have. So like if you have long legs, like wear shorts. If Work you have it. big boobs, wear a push-up bra. Like if you have small titties, wear a plunging neckline. Mm-hmm. Like just do what you can to make yourself more confident and like you'll appear more confident to other people. Yeah. So now we're going to transition a little bit again and talk about birth control. Erin, have you ever been on birth control? I have not. Okay. Ever. Would you look into it? I definitely would. It just never came up in my life. If I was sexually active, I would mm-hmm. probably be more willing to get onto it. I'm sure I probably, I definitely will be in like 2021. Yeah. But I don't know. It's just like, I was going to say it's a personal decision, but I'm like, also like, it doesn't really matter. Like I've just never been on it before, but mm-hmm. Meg definitely has a birth control experience. Yeah. So... I don't even remember. I've been on it for so long. But I did. Were you on it like before you were sexually active or no? Well, I, I lost my virginity when I was 14. Yeah. So I was not on birth control. Okay. I don't think... I think I started going on birth control when I was like 17 maybe. Mm-hmm. Um, before that, I just used condoms and like pulling out. <laughs> but like, you Ah, know, the pull out method. The pull out. No, like... It's super would, effective. He would like not... He would always wear a condom. I had a long-term boyfriend in high school. But um, he would always wear a condom and then he would pull out too just mm-hmm. to be safe because yeah. fuck condoms. Yeah. Like, don't trust them. Um, I just think it's really, this is just a total tangent, but I just think it's really bad marketing that Trojan is named Trojan. Yeah. Because like if you look back at Greek mythology, like the Trojan horse, all the people that were hiding in the horse, they all got out. Yeah. Like it broke. Mm-hmm. The horse broke and they all came out. So yeah. I'm like, you want to name a product that's meant to hold in sperm after something that broke and allowed things to come out. No, interesting. Not the best interesting idea. marketing. Yeah. So yeah. Anyway, so yeah, I I've been on multiple forms of birth control. I have been on pills. I've been on two different pills. I've been on orthotricycline and loloestrin. I hated both of them mm-hmm. personally. I actually had this conversation with like three of my aunts and Mm -hmm. then like my mom and my sister and like we were just talking one day and we were like yeah like I can't do like birth control pills because they just fuck with me like emotionally and I don't know if it's like a genetic sensitivity like something that we all have because I know some girls are like totally fine on them and then other girls experience like a lot of side effects Mm -hmm. so I don't know if it's like a genetic thing but we all were talking about how like it's terrible yeah I mean that's why I was always nervous when I was younger Mm because I remember like one of my friends went on birth control in high school and she gained 20 pounds no you do gain weight your boobs get big my boobs were already big Mm -hmm. so they got bigger I had to buy all all new bras Mm -hmm. that just fucking sucked and then, like, your your skin does clear up, but you're also, like, I found myself being very emotional. Like, I've talked about this before, but, like, I have clinical anxiety and depression. So, with the birth control, I think it exacerbated that. And I could, like, randomly just cry, like, at the drop of a hat. Like, I could literally just, like, drop a pen on the floor and I, like, 
could start crying. Well, that's why I was always nervous too because and I already, I mean, I feel like I'm better now at controlling my emotions, but like I was always so nervous that that was just going to make everything worse. Yeah. And so for me personally, it did. So basically I had like a mental breakdown, like a mini one. And I was just like, this birth control is like hurting my body kind mm -hmm. of like, I'm just not mentally well. So like, I just stopped. I'm just not mentally well. I just, I'm just unwell. I just stopped taking it, which like you shouldn't do. So like, I'm not advising that anyone should do that. You should wean yourself off, like call your doctor. I just was like, not okay. So I just stopped taking it. And it took me like about a month to feel normal again, just because my hormones were like in free fall. Like I was getting estrogen and now I wasn't. So like, it was just, we I just felt weird. Mm -hmm. And then I wasn't on, there was like probably a period of like six months that I wasn't on birth control, but like I wasn't really like sexually active. So I was like, okay, like it's fine. And then I went to the gynecologist. I made an appointment. You can also go to like Planned Parenthood. You can go to like your general practitioner, like literally anybody, just like a doctor. You could probably even go to like CVS, like a minute clinic or like an urgent care or anything like that to just talk about like birth control. So basically I went and I was just like, hey, look, like I don't like these pills. Um, is there, are there any other options that I could look into? And my gynecologist was personally on like she had it currently when she was talking to me she still does um she uses merino which is an iud and if you don't know what an iud is it basically looks like a t it's like t-shaped and mm -hmm. it's like a little like i think it's plastic some of them are copper um but they're just filled with hormones and they're they're inserted locally into the cervix so like and then you're usually good for at least three years. My little sister uses Skyla, and that is pretty much the same thing as Marina, but it only lasts for three years. Marina lasts for five years, and then they have the like Paragard copper ones that can last up to 10 years. I don't know. I really like my Marina. It's recommended for like women that have like heavier periods, which I did, and like I had terrible, terrible periods. Now I don't get my period. I haven't had a period in three years. It is nice, but it's also scary because like I have a boyfriend and like I just get nervous that I'm gonna get pregnant even though like IUDs are 99% effective. It's not 100%. So I do take pregnancy tests once in a while to just like make sure everything's good. I recommend doing that if you because some people still do get their periods, but they're just like very light like you might spot, but it's not anything like crazy. But yeah, if you're thinking about getting birth control, personally, I would recommend an IUD just because like if you're like me, I took pills and like, first of all, they made me very emotional. Second of all, I'm not really good at taking pills. I would like set an alarm and then I would be like, oh, like, I'll do it, I'll take it in 20 minutes, and then I would forget. And, like, that's something that you have to take at the same time every day. Otherwise, it's ineffective. So, if you're not, like, I guess, disciplined with stuff like that, I wouldn't recommend birth control pills. But just, like, for Marina, like, personally, it was painful getting it inserted. It honestly sucked. Like, it felt like the worst period cramp I've ever had in my life. Like, it was really sharp. But my, my gynecologist, like when she was putting it in she was like okay like you're gonna feel pain right now and then like she was like kind of just talking me through it so like that was really great I just think you should find a gynecologist that you're comfortable with mm -hmm. and like to have them do it 
but yeah, so I did have some cramps for, I'd probably say like three days and then it got better. I randomly will get like little cramps, but like nothing crazy. But yeah, I don't know. I just think it's, it's a great option. Like my gynecologist said, set it and forget it. You just put it in. You don't have, you're good for five years. Mm -hmm. Like it's, I don't know. I just kind of feel like a dude. Yeah. Like I can just like go out and like not have to worry about like getting pregnant. It's mm -hmm. just like an added layer of security. I think you should still obviously be safe. It doesn't protect from STDs or anything. So still use protection. But yeah, I don't know. It's just, it's really liberating. And I'm glad that like we live in a place where I'm able to get that. No, I'm just really glad that you talked about it. Because like I said, a few weeks ago, we talked about birth control and all of that and like we briefly mentioned it and said that we wanted to do this episode and I got a few messages from people being like oh how does Meg like it like all this stuff and I was like just wait we're gonna do an episode yeah but anyway I really 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 recommend it um sponsor me if you're listening mm -hmm. <laughs> like Please. I love Marina it's honestly one of the best decisions I've ever made personally for myself and yeah I I literally would just recommend it to anybody mm -hmm kind of the next topic I wanted to transition into was plan B. So I don't know if you wanted to explain to everybody what that is and then your experience buying it, all of that. Okay, so... I have no experience. Plan B is basically just... It's almost like a birth control pill. It's like a really concentrated birth control pill. It's supposed to prevent like very, very early pregnancy. It's only effective if it's taken up to 72 hours uh, with unprotected sex so you really have to get it in before the like before that time elapses you the really early, have to get it in the earlier the better yeah like, for sure if you can get it the next day perfect but it's just supposed to stop like just a sperm to, yeah or it's just supposed to stop like a zygote from like forming on your uterine wall it's supposed to just make it shed so you might experience some bleeding it honestly messed up my period cycle for like a couple months oh wow really yeah just be mindful of that but obviously that's better than being pregnant mm -hmm. so obviously um so yeah like obviously we're pro choice on this podcast it's your business like what you do like in regards to abortion i don't know i just think plan b is a great alternative mm -hmm. it, like i don't think it should be used as a method of birth control yes. like you shouldn't use it all the time so I would just use it when like absolutely necessary. Like if you need it for like peace of mind or something, then like just do it. So basically like I'll tell you guys the story of when I had to get it. So I went to visit a friend at a school in Boston and I went to a frat party and I got really drunk and I went up to this guy's room like we like he was in the frat and I talked about this in, a, in another episode, but like I was not like coherent enough to be having sex I, I think like mm -hmm. I just remember him being like so sweaty and I was just like it'll get off of me like I I was just laying there like I didn't want it to be happening but I also was just like busted so I didn't say anything and then I was like really paranoid so then I went home like the next day we went home that morning and then like I called my best like one of my best friends and I was like dude like I need to go get plan b so she went with me and it was so nice. She like bought me Starbucks after. Mm. But so like we went to CVS and I like, I couldn't find the plan B because it's not like behind the counter, but yeah. I couldn't find it. And so I had to go up to this woman like that was working and I was like, where's the plan B? And she looked at me like a fucking whore. Like she, I could tell she was like religious or something. 
very short with me and I just felt very judged. And so I like, and it sucked because like I was literally broke and I had to pay $50 mm-hmm. to like get this fucking plan B. And this woman was making me feel like shit for it. For no reason. So it, that was just bad. So then I got it. And then there's like literally a picture of me. I have it on my phone. It's like me drinking a green tea frappuccino with plan B in my I hand. I love that picture. And I washed it. I washed my plan B down with Starbucks. Yeah, um, that's my experience with Plan B. Should it be $50? Absolutely not. No. Should it be covered by insurance or something? Yeah. Like, I, or I don't know how that would work. I'm not an expert in healthcare, but I don't think women especially should have to pay $50. It's just the worst when it's like a one night stand and like you can't yeah. get him to pay for it. Yeah. And so because I left, we were both drunk and I went home. So I was like, there's no way. Like, I didn't have a number yeah. or anything. So like I've had friends in the past and like their boyfriends have either paid for it yeah. or they've split the price. Yeah. yeah. I'm like that's how I think it should be, mm-hmm. but yeah, because it's like it's like a it's a decision that you're making together. Yeah. Um. So you should. I don't know. But anyway, I fronted the bill, so I took it, and my I remember I was bleeding for like two days, not like bad, just like spotting. I wasn't like on my period, but I did mess up my cycle, like I said before. So I do recommend taking it if you think that you need to. But um, before you do that, I would just recommend going on birth control. Even if you're not currently having sex, I think it's just good to always be prepared Mm -hmm. um, and just to know your options and be informed. 100%. If any of you have any questions about anything, feel free to DM us. You can DM the per like... You can DM the podcast on Instagram. You can also DM me personally. I'd be happy to answer any questions that you have. I feel like even though like periods are really taboo and people don't talk about it, plan B is even more taboo. Nobody, I feel like people don't, I mean, people aren't just going to be on the rooftops. Like I took plan B. Yeah. But it's I, like, I'm not ashamed about it. I would do it again. Like, I don't think there's any reason to be ashamed. I could name five friends right now who have all taken it. Yeah, it's it's nothing to be ashamed of. It just sucks paying for it. Yeah. I think you can get it on Amazon for like $30. Oh. So maybe look into that. Overnight shipping. Yeah, like literally <laughs> like, overnight shipping. Today shipping. And it's like you don't have to experience what I did and be judged for buying it. That's so fucked. So, it's, yeah. I mean, like Meg said, we're super pro-choice, so you would never be judged by us. No, yeah. We just want this to be a very like, I don't know, loving pot, like loving place. And like, we're never going to judge you for any like decisions you make. Mm-hmm. But yeah, so we wanted to transition kind of into the politics of reproductive health with the recent, what what's the word, nomination of Amy Coney Barrett. Mm-hmm. We wanted to kind of talk about this a little bit. So if you guys didn't know what Planned Parenthood is, we already talked about it earlier, but I have a quick definition. Planned Parenthood Federation of America Incorporated, or Planned Parenthood, is a nonprofit organization that provides reproductive health care in the United States and globally. I would like to remind everybody that Planned Parenthood does not only do abortions, but they also provide many other services. Yeah, they do free STD testing. You can go on birth control pills without like them telling your parents. It's just completely confidential. Any like health, reproductive health problems at all that you're having, like if you're having a weird cramp, if you have a UTI, like literally anything, you can go to Planned Parenthood. They also do online care with COVID and everything going on, having to do with cancer, pregnancy, sex, pleasure, and sexual dysfunction, sexual orientation, consent, sexual assault. And then they also have various pages for teens, for parents, and for educators. 
Yeah, so, so it's a great resource. I highly recommend donating if you have any extra I money. I had Planned Parenthood come to my school. I don't know if you did. I didn't. But we had like pres- every year they would come to our school and we had like presentations about it. And I always love that. And I think that like they should do that at every school, especially in rural areas where it might be like taboo to talk about Planned Parenthood. It's not a negative thing. Like only 3% of the services that they do are abortions. The Mm -hmm. rest are just reproductive health related. I think people are just brainwashed into thinking that Planned Parenthood is a negative thing, but they do way more than just abortions. Yeah. So I also have an experience with this. I didn't personally go to Planned Parenthood, but I brought my little sister there. She wasn't like pregnant or anything, Mm -hmm. but like she just had to go for a medical issue. And I took her and it was great. Everyone was so nice. I didn't feel judged being there at all. Like it wasn't for me again. I was just sitting in the waiting room, but it was a really pleasant experience. And they also have free condoms. So like, yeah, I mean, they just do really great things. It's like Halloween. They have like just bowls of condoms. Yeah. Trick or treat. Yeah. (laughs) Trick or fuck. (laughs) Anyway. Yeah. So I highly recommend going there if you... Maybe, like, if you can't even, like, get into a gynecologist soon enough and you need to get checked out or whatever. Like, just just go to Planned Parenthood. It's not a bad place. They're there to help you. Highly recommend. But we're going to talk a little bit about Roe v. Wade. And I don't know. I feel like it's always brought up, but people might not know, like, the actual history behind the case. So we're going to be talking about that. So in 1971, Norma McCorvey, this was something that was, like, really interesting. So Norma McCorvey was... Roe. She wanted to remain anonymous, like when she was filing the lawsuit. Makes sense. So her lawyer like came up with the moniker Jane Roe because it's like Jane Doe. So her name was her fake name was Jane Roe. So her, I learned that fifteen minutes ago. So, so her identity was protected, and she filed a lawsuit against the Attorney General of Texas, Henry Wade. So that's why it's Roe v. Wade. Mm-hmm. And usually with court cases, like whoever wins, that's the first name that you see. Okay. So that's how you know McCorvey, aka Roe argued a Texas law banning abortion, which had been enforced against her, was unconstitutional. And the Texas law only allowed abortions if necessary to save a woman's life. So she didn't want to have her child. She just thought it was unconstitutional. That which you, it is. Yeah, it is. Because the government doesn't own your body. Mm-hmm. She thought it was unconstitutional and it and she won. And so that was a huge, 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 huge landmark case. Probably one of the most important cases in U.S. history. Before that, I don't know if you guys have ever seen this movie. This is like a great depiction of it, but it's called Revolutionary Road and it has Kate Winslet and Leo DiCaprio. They are reunited. Love them. They're a married couple and it takes place in like the 50s and she has children already, but she doesn't want to have any more and she gets pregnant and she wants to get an abortion, but her husband won't let her. So she tries to do it herself. Mm. And it just shows you, like, how dark it is. Like, how women were literally getting, like, illegal abortions. They were trying to do it themselves with coat hangers. Just all this stuff. And, like, it's just ridiculous because why would you want a woman to do that when she could have it done by a doctor? Abortions are still going to happen whether they're legal or illegal. Mm -hmm. So you should just have it be done by a professional, by a person that's trained and knows what they're doing. Rather than someone that's trying to do it themselves. It's not right. Like, it's not your choice. I just genuinely don't think it's anybody's business. If you don't want an abortion, then don't get one. Yeah. That's it. But, like, it's it's not... These are not political issues. Abortion is not a political issue. It's a religious issue. And it has no 
reason to be a law. Yeah. Like the fact that we even had to have an argument about abortion, whether it's legal, is ridiculous. Separation of church and state. Like, I don't really know what people are having such a hard time understanding. Yeah. So there's no shame in getting an abortion. Like, if you... Like, I would rather have a woman get an abortion than, like, have to have, have to struggle and have to go on welfare and, like, or, you know, give it up for adoption and not, and send it into the foster care system, which is so deeply, deeply flawed. It's just so much, like, I don't know. Yeah. She should have the right, if she wants to do those things, that's fine. But if not, she has the right to terminate the pregnancy. It's her body. Mm -hmm. I don't know. That's it. Mic drop. There's also a really good documentary on netflix it's called reversing row they interview people like rbg amazing landmark people feminists all that stuff talking about how the right to abortions has been under attack for decades it's still being currently attacked right now with amy coney barrett being elected as it just sucks to the supreme court it's just it's hard because it's a lifelong position and she clearly doesn't understand the chapter, the separation between church and state. She has said before she lets God make the decisions of her cases. Bitch, that is the definition of church and state. Yeah, so I don't think she should have been nominated or appointed at all. She was the first Democrat and I think, or no, she was not the first Democrat. She was the first nominee in like over 100 years to not receive a single vote from a Democrat. Even Brett Kavanaugh got got votes from democrats mm-hmm. so that should tell you something she i don't i don't think she's qualified at all and i don't think she's gonna she has the the she didn't even intent. answer questions that they asked her no she, she didn't know the answers I, I i'm so like just gutted that we went from rbg to her yeah that just breaks my heart like it just hurts if you want to know more about her stances and stuff i would like recommend like looking up stuff about her like her court yeah. history and stuff like that. Obviously, not, we're, obviously we're not like a dot gov yeah. site or anything. Like this is more opinion based, but she's not qualified. She's only had three years of experience as a judge. Like it's this whole thing is just a shit show. It's literally just because Trump wanted to nominate someone in fucking 30 days. Yeah, so. he was like, I'm, I'm on my way out. Let me pick the worst possible person. Yeah. So if you're interested in like abortion rights or pro-choice things, even if you're not, I would just recommend checking out Reversing Row because it's super enlightening. But yeah, something really excited though is that South Korea just overturned their abortion ban. And I think that's great that com- that countries are doing that because women should have the right to have an abortion. It's really amazing. And I just hope that it isn't overturned in this country. Yeah. Because in two years, like when I have to get another IUD, am I going to be able to get one? I know. Will it be covered by insurance? Like, there's just all these issues surrounding women's reproductive health that we have to think about. And it's just just really sad that, like, women have been dealing with this shit for, like, over 100 years and we're still dealing with the same stuff. Mm -hmm. It's the same issues. Yeah. It's just crazy to see that, like, it's not just that, because, like, obviously, when we live in America, like, you get so wrapped up in it that you forget that it's, like, not just an American issue and that, like, other countries, literally, South Korea is on, like, the other side of the world and they're also dealing with this. Yeah. So, I just think it's important to keep that in mind. But we hope you guys enjoyed this episode. If you have any questions, comments, concerns, anything like that, feel free to DM us, comment on our post, 
when we post this episode on Instagram. Share it with someone if you think they could benefit from it. I don't know. I just had so much fun filming this, like, I guess it's not a solo, but just filming this, like, one-on-one episode. So if you guys want us to do more in the future, maybe we'll do, like, a question box or something. Or, like, you guys can comment on the Instagram post and let us know. We do have some topics up our sleeves, but we'd like to know what you guys want to hear as well. Yeah, so just thank you for listening, and we love you, mean it. Go Biden. Love you, mean it. Love you, mean it.